Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the program. I am Michael Anthony Ingram, and tonight we're celebrating 100 episodes. This is really an exciting time for the program. We've had opportunities to interview 100 people. And personally, I've learned so much. I've learned what poetry is and what poetry can do. So what I'd like to do now is uh, introduce someone, someone that's very close to me. She's an incredible poet. Her name is Linda Embler. Linda, you're on. Thank you. First of all, big, big honking congratulations. I am so proud of you, and I'm so proud of the show. You have done a tremendous job, and you have had some of the coolest people on your show. I'm just, I'm just in awe every week. <laughs> Thank you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Real do. Would you like to share a poem? Are you there? Uh, sure. All right. Please. Sure, I will. Yeah, please uh, do. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a poem from uh, I, I have just published the second edition of my very first poetry collection called Big Questions, Little Sleep, and um, I'm gonna read a poem from that. It's called If Only. As Tantalus pleaded, all only ever out of reach. So shall I, for the alchemy of properly positioned syllables, the perfect mathematical equation of sounds whispered out from a broken heart that allows me to have that one last minute again before you take your last breath. As Garbo bid from well-lit corners of our stage, so shall I, to get that perfect retake, the best possible script written, delivered in most dramatic fashion to recreate the final scene to assuage my grief at the stunning irreversibility of your death. That's the end. Are you there? Uh Michael? Michael? Good evening, everyone. Linda, are you there? I think I lost you for for a minute. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. (laughs) That's been one of the joys of hosting this show over the course of the last two years. I never know what's going to happen week to week. Well, and but that's okay. difficulties, yeah, they're not anything that you have, so this is kind of unusual. But anyway, did you get to hear the poem, if only, or did, did I get cut out? I'm, I'm not sure. You, you got cut out. Please recite it again. I got cut out. 
Okay, I will start yeah. again. Um, I don't know if anybody heard, but uh, I just published the second edition of my very first poetry collection called Big Questions, Little Sleep. And this is one of the poems from that. It's called If Only. As Tantalus pleaded, all only ever out of reach, so shall I. For the alchemy of properly positioned syllables, the perfect mathematical equation of sounds whispered out from a broken heart that allows me to have that one last minute again before you take your last breath. As Garbo bid from well-lit corners of her stage, so shall I to get that perfect retake, the best possible script written, delivered in most dramatic fashion to recreate the final scene, to assuage my grief at the stunning irreversibility of your death. That's the end. Beautiful. As always, Linda, I enjoy hearing your work. Thank you. Your incredible talent. And uh, like you wish me the best, I wish you the best as well. And the title of your book, one more time, to make sure that I have it correctly. The title of the book is Big Questions, Little Sleep. And it's basically a book that's written uh, from my gift of insomnia. I've been allowed to ponder deeply the two big mysteries of time and death. So the whole book has yes. poems about time and poems about death. And um, there's, it, it's kind of divided up into sections, even subsections under those two big themes. What I'd like to do, I'd like uh-huh. to give your book away. I'd like to give a copy of your book away to one of our callers. <laughs> would be so cool. Yes. <laughs> I, would, I would be honored. <laughs> well, hopefully this works. Uh, what I'd like to do is to call out the first four, first four numbers of a person's telephone number. That person wins, and then they can email me their address and telephone number, so I know that it's them. And we'll go from there. Let's see if we can make this happen. Okay. All right. It is. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? Well, maybe this person is waiting. Yes, are you there? Well, maybe this person is just listening. And that's okay. I, I, I heard All right. I, I, I heard her say hello, but... Oh, but she didn't say anything else. I heard that too. I thought. Are, are you there, caller? You here, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, okay. What I'd like to share with you is, you've won Linda Embler's book. Oh goodness! I have her book already. <laughs> you do. <laughs> is, is, is this the way? Yes. I. I. I, I, I it's in the mail. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Cool. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you called in. <laughs> hey, listen, you need to hear some Did you also poetry. call in to share some of your work? Yes. <laughs> you did? Great. Great. So hold on a moment and I'll come back to you, all right? Okay, great. All right. <laughs> That's terrific. You are so popular, Linda. You are so popular. Hello. All right, let's see who this caller is. 
Caller, area code 818. The first number is two. You're on the air. That's me, Michael. How you doing? And hello, Linda. I'm doing well. Uh, hi. I recognize that voice. <laughs> this is Bill. I did. Hi, Bill. I recognize you, too. Did you hug Gabe for me today? <laughs> Welcome, Bill. Welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. I'm doing quite well. As you know, I want you to share some of your work. Oh, yeah. I'm always ready to do that. Okay. Well, hold on, and I'll come back. There's another poet here. His name is Jesse Ellsbury. And I'm wondering, Jesse, whether you'd like to share some of your work. Yeah, um, I, I picked one out. Uh, I guess it starts off a little bit emo, but it ends up, ends up a little bit clever. The blackness of my vision is obscured even the sun. The venom in my brain has become too thick to run. Boots on the train of life are all unoccupied, but the usher needs a ticket to let me go inside. But all the seats are empty, I cried out helplessly. He just said, I'm sorry, sir, it's company policy. I went into the office of a firm called Mr. Lee and Son. I asked the clerk what they made. She told me little ones. I asked, what do employees need? She just said, good. I told her I wear Levi's. She said, good enough for me. I asked if I was the son of Mr. Lee. Or she asked if I was the son of Mr. Lee. I said, no, I'm an elderly. She replied, I'm sorry, you have to be named Lee, company policy. Eventually, I died and went to heaven for eternal rest, and sitting at the pearly gates was Peter at his desk. I said, hey, Satan, I hope things are going well. He answered, they are for me, but you should be in hell. I declared, I'm not a sinner. I'm as pious as can be. Peter said, I know you are, but it's company policy. That was nice, Jesse. (laughs) Do you have another? Uh, let me take it. Yeah. Um, this one's also a little bit offbeat. Twisted sister of a blister. I knew I'd gone too far. I made my plans to rob the bank. Here Lucy, Ron, and Frank. Before the armored car came to take the cash away, we drove up in a Chevrolet and walked in, bullets blazing. Everyone was on the floor. Oh, man, it was amazing. The manager brought me to the vault, and the money was there, like a note on the wall, saying I had made it. I survived. I saw where the money hides. I knew the others would be If anything happened, I'd hear the grenades. The helicopter would be there soon to take us away. It would float by the door. We didn't have enough, so we took some more. As if we as if we need any kind of defense, my helicopter was flying over your fence. So we were stoked, but I was in the vault when the door just closed. I was trapped like a cat in a washing machine. Yeah, I guess I have always been kind of mean. But I heard them fussing at the console. They'd have to call the manager. They knew they didn't know the code. But when the boss man finally comes, he will not be alone. The helicopter that came for us, it has already flown. I'm the egg it left behind, somewhat rotten and forgotten. I'm the only one at the scene of the crime, but I will hatch with a, with a click and a cratch and let the yolk it up out of my mind. Wow. That was deep, Jesse. 
Thanks. You write such incredible detailed poems. Tell me about that a little bit. Tell me about your process. Well, I have a, a habit of, of writing a poem a day, um, whether I'm inspired or not. And typically throughout the day, there's at least one idea that I could write down, um, one quirk of society that I could poke fun of, um, one clever phrase that, that could, you know, um, set off an avalanche of rhymes. And, you know, I think everybody has these flashes that go through their mind. It's just a lot of people are not either disciplined enough or don't think it's worth their time. But, you know, I think, well, interesting. you know, in order to write down anything clever that you hear is always good practice because you never know what you're going to encounter. Well, you will be a guest, as you know, on the program October 14th. And if anyone wants to hear more from Jesse, he'll be here tonight. But he'll also be a guest on the show on October the 14th. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. All right. I'd like to bring in another fantastic poet, Mr. Bill Cushing. Bill. Oh, thanks. How are you doing? You're on the air. I'm doing good. Okay. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And I'm sorry we didn't get to meet in person there, but uh, things got in the way, as they say. Yes. Yes, things have changed a lot. Uh, this is the new normal. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, yeah let's hope not. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, um, I guess, I don't know, how much time do I have? One, two pieces? Uh, well, I think what's going to happen is we're going to spread them out throughout the course of the evening, over the course of the hour, so save some for later. Okay. Or just one or two right now. Okay, okay. sure. Well, then why don't I uh, do this one? Um, this is actually, and I think I've read it on your show before. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. It's in the book. Uh, and it's the first serious poem. And the title I wrote. of the book? My, my first bill poem. The title of the book? Um, and it's, okay. Hmm? Is it the, the title uh, of the in book? The for, a Former Life. A Former Life. That's A Former Life is the name of the book. Yes. Um, and um, it's um, when I was writing it, I was kind of channeling Tom Waits, I hope. Um, but this is called In Pink Neon. Chrome and black tile at breakfast again. Coffee so strong it pulls your eyelids back going down. And while last evening's drunks, the 5 a.m. shadows, use it to try to face the new day. Women, legs on spiked heels, lift leather skirts to reveal specialties of the house, initiating a physical negotiation, trading the tangible for currency. Enclosed cuffed hands, scaling triangle of whole wheat, drips from sunny side up. A single waitress covers ground. Butter warmed by sun, shining through slatted glass, slowly rolls down a stack of brown pancakes. Silverware clatters, china against china. Napkin falls, voices chatter. While outside, in pink neon, a sign glows. Best food in town, and it is. That ends it. 
Mm. The best food in town. I remember that poem. <laughs> Please share another. Okay, sure. Um, well, actually, um, maybe what I'll do is um, let me do this. I've, I'm actually getting back into some prose stuff now based on my years at the shipyard, and this is uh, one of the poems that came out of that experience. This is called Dry Docks and Parades. The warm breezes of great heights ran through fine, light hair as I straddled my father's neck, gripping tight to his collar as veterans marched proudly by, Ike's years then. Days of wonderful dizziness, looking at that parade of men below me, a fearful pleasure, like now, climbing king posts and stanchions of 80,000-ton tankers built with half-inch steel and star plate from the keel up, using cables, rivets, bolts, torches, and welds. And Wow. You write so well, Bill. Tell me about your process. Um, it's well, it's all over. It's hit or miss. I think um, okay. I take a lot of notes. I, I do. I'm a believer in journaling, um, so I, I take snippets of things a lot of times, just images, thoughts, memories, and then I see if they fit into something. And sometimes the thing comes to me as a whole. That in pink neon sort of came to me as a whole, whereas the other mm-hmm. one, the dry docks and parades, was two different memories of growing up and being taken to Veterans Day parades and then thinking about, you know, my work as a, as a uh, shipyard worker, for which I did for about 15 years. So oh, it's, wow. it, I don't know if you call it a process as much as, uh, you know, hitting the bullseye once in a while. Well, what I'd like to know is what did you learn about yourself being a shipyard worker? What did you learn? Fifteen um, years is a long time. Jeez, that's a yeah. Um, well, I I always loved the work. I, it's funny because I resisted going back to school for years because of that work. It was very satisfying to me. And mm-hmm. any kid who ever grew up putting models together, to me, it was like putting a full scale model together. It was you know you're, you're given this task and take something and build it. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. I, I love the fact that my job was a combination of head and hands. You, you had to sort of think, of, you know, laying things out and being able to solve problems, but at the same time you had to be fairly good with your hands. So I, I always liked it. Um, it was not where I was headed when I first started, but uh, I ended up in it by accident and I always loved the work. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was the craft the other craft of the job that I really liked. All right. Well, fantastic. Thank you very much, Bill. As always, again, stay around because I'm going to call on you again. All right? Oh, I sure will. I'll be here. Let's take a brief break and we'll be right back.
back. My name is Michael Anthony Ingram. I am so pleased to be here tonight. This is our 100th episode. One of the things that I've learned about this show is that anything can happen, and it usually does. So I'm glad to have good people here with me tonight. This is, this is important, and uh, it makes me feel really, really good. I'd like to bring on someone right now. Selene? Selene? Hi. Hi, this is Selene. You're on the air. <laughs> well, hello. All right, all right. How are you tonight? I am great. Thank you. Thanks great, for having great, me. Great, great. Oh, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. You plan to share some of your work? I do. I do have a few pieces I could share. I like that very much. All right. Um, should I just go ahead? Yes, please. Okay. Um, so I uh, I have a poem that I've chosen for tonight that's actually the most positive poem I think I've ever written. Um, and I think it, mm. I just felt like it was needed in today's time of having a lot of negativity in the world. And so I thought I'm going to shove that aside tonight and read something really positive. So this is called... Every thought that I have. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can, yes. (laughs) Okay. Every thought that I have. I am my every thought, so I will devour every ounce of sunshine and good timing. I shall think on every success and all my days of laughter. Sad memories will have no place on my plate, although I regret their loss and tuck them neatly away in the cupboards. Folded and stored in case reverie comes knocking, there is value and worth in such burnt offerings. But today I will love instead. I will spoon golden sunflowers at dawn, grateful to awaken another day. I will knead childhood memories into smooth, round dough, bake bread in the heart of my soul. Let the scent permeate the air, reminding me I have become every thought that I have. Mm, that's beautiful. So that's one of your lighter pieces? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was my happier okay. piece. It was my happier piece. <laughs> a happier piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it's, your process. How does it work? Um, I am really moved by things I see, uh, things I feel. So, for example, I take a lot of walks. Um it's hard for me to to take a walk around the block without taking pictures of a gazillion things. Um, it could be a mm-hmm. flower petal. It could be, you know, a weed growing through um, concrete. It could be, um, it could be anything. I can hear the wind through the trees, and I just feel it. I feel the words in my soul, and I just jot them down. So I guess I I think poetry just sort of finds me, and I do think of like what Jesse mentioned earlier. I try to write every day. And so sometimes mm-hmm. I can create things out of that. All right. Well, what I'd like you to do, can you share one more? Sure. Sure. Um, I have one. Um, here's one. This one's from a book, my book. I have a poetry book called Colors Collected. And this is from a Is it available on Amazon? I, it is, yes. 
Okay, great. Yeah, it's called yeah, it's called Colors Collected, Poetry Inspired by the Hues of Life. And this poem is called, um, this is a, just a nice poem that I wrote uh, inspired by the hills of coastal Oregon on a road trip down to California. And so this is called These Hills of Coastal Oregon. Worn from the day, these hills with their round-topped blankets, gold and green, lay quiet, sun-drenched from summer. Contrast to vibrant mornings, these hills awaken with fervor, frantic and reaching, rays of splendor, bursting wildflower blue. Brimming in ardor, these hills pulse, their spirits dance, roots curve and flow under sky, then settle down with setting sun, alive and well-fed. And that's it. You know, I lived in Oregon. and. Oh, yeah. uh, I could see that. Oh, yes. I love that. That's wonderful. Yes, I was in Oregon for 15 years, so I had an opportunity to visit the coast a number of times. Yes. I just, you know, I live in Washington State, and when we drove through to California, I loved seeing the difference of the mountains and the trees. You know, things got a little bit more roundy as we went through Oregon. Yes. Kind of disappeared into California. Yeah, that was that's wonderful. I love that 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 uh, that touched you. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you very much. Hang around. All right. Okay. I will. Thank you. All right. I'd like to bring in someone else. Area code seven seven four. The first number is two. You're on the air. Hello. Good evening. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Hello? Yes. Yes. Can you hear me? Me? Hello? Yes. Yes. Can you hear Hi. me? My, my name yes. is Debbie. <laughs> Hello, Debbie. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm quite well. This is a wonderful, wonderful night. It is. It's a little warm here. I'm in Massachusetts. Okay. <laughs> Did you call to share some of your poetry? I did. I have two pieces. All right. Well, please begin. Um, The first one's called A New Me, and uh, it goes like this. It says, I went to see my hairdresser, Maria, today, and this is what I had to say. I would like a different look with my hair as I proceeded to sit in her chair. She thought about it and said with a smile, how about a color and a new hairstyle? In my younger days, my hair was dark brown, but as I gazed into the mirror, I saw a salt and pepper mix on this 55-year-old crown. I decided to change the color of my hair to a chestnut brownish red. Myra and Maria agreed with what I said. They went in the back room to mix up the hue, the first step to my new do. Rubbing the color on my head didn't take very long but it sure did smell strong. The timer went off, and it was time to rinse the chemicals out. I had confidence that the color would look perfect, without a doubt. Maria brought out pictures of hairstyles for me to see and showed me one that she thought would look great on me. Now she started to cut my hair, giving it style and flair. When she was finished, I looked in the mirror and was amazed at what I saw, so much so that I dropped my jaw. Even though it cost me a bit, it sure was worth it. 
I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that on the way to the hairdressers that day. It just kind of <laughs> fell all into place. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Please favor us with another. Okay. Uh, the other one, I'm just pulling it now. I'm just trying to... Uh, uh, do it smaller here so I can read it. I do plastic canvas needlepoint. It's a craft of mine. It's a photo, if you can visualize it. It's a, a tissue box cover, and it's of a lighthouse. So that's kind of the preface to it. Um, let's see. Meal. It's called a Christmas gift. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to... Uh, let's see. Trying to make it bigger so I can read it. Okay, mealtime is over, children are in bed, and now it is some special quality time for me. The radio is playing some tranquil music, which makes the long, hard, exhausting day at work seem so long ago. The initial thought of what to make has been created onto graph paper, which involved imagination and concentration. Now comes the process of bringing the picture to life. The graph paper resembles the artist easel. The yarn colors are the palette, and the plastic canvas is the artist's canvas. Following the graph reminds me of following a map when going into unfamiliar territory. It leads and guides me along, knowing that if directions are followed correctly, the result will be successful. The sharp steel needle is shining and reflecting off the early evening sun peeking through the window. Yarn plies separating and fraying as the yarn is woven in and out of the plastic canvas. Hues of blues and whites capture the ocean scene with a lighthouse in the background and a seagull flying overhead as the picture now begins to transform onto the canvas. The project is finished and ready to be given to the appropriate the appropriate time. The end result is the satisfaction of making something from the heart that will always be treasured by that special recipient. Tell me about your process. Do you write every day? Does your work um, in terms of... Yes, please, no, please tell me about I, I like... I would like to, but I just don't really always have the uh, motivation to do it. Uh, I used to try to do it on a regular schedule, but I, I don't really do it. I mm-hmm. used to belong to a poetry club, but then with the COVID, it kind of uh, kind of ended right. that. I do have a uh, I do have a uh, a site called Be Spoken that I kind of just look up a poetry thing and I add it on there every day. It's not my work personally, but I do have a Facebook thing that I kind of, you know, find events and different things like this one, and I posted it on there so that the members could, you know, listen to this broadcast if they wanted to and things like that. All right. Well, that's very nice. The title of your poem was Gift, a Gift? Christmas, Christmas Gift. Well, you've won a gift. You've won a gift tonight. I did. You've won a copy of Linda Embler's book, Big Questions, Little Sleep. Oh, thank you. 
Yes. <laughs> if you feel comfortable, <laughs> I'd like you to email me. If you feel comfortable, email me your address. Uh, I have your telephone number, but um, okay. email me your address, and uh, okay. I'll send you a copy of the book. All right? Oh, okay. So um, how do I do? I just find your okay. email on my, the uh... my email address. I'll give it to you now. It's oh, M-A- okay. Um, hold on, hold on, just a second. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just pulling up something so I can write it down. Okay, no um, problem. Okay, go ahead, please. Oh, yes. It's M-A-I-N-G-R-A-M at gmx.com. Okay, I'm just going to repeat it. M as in Mary, A-I-N as in Nancy, G as in girl, R-A-M as in Mary, at G as in girl, M as in Mary, X as in xylophone.com. <laughs> oh, very nice, yes. <laughs> okay. Just put your I'll, telephone so number I'll in the, you. your name and address and, and telephone number in the uh, email, and we'll go from there. But congratulations. Oh, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate right. that. It was wonderful speaking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Thank you. Have you have a nice day. Right, have Thank a great you evening. so much. Oh. You too. Bye. Right. Bye. I'd like to bring someone else on. Area code 513. The first letter is, excuse me, the first number is three. You're on the air. No, I'm sorry. This is area code. I'm sorry. This is area code 301. The first number is seven. You're on the air. Hi, Michael. This is Marianne. <laughs> Hello, Marianne. <laughs> wow. It's great to have you on. Great, yeah. Um, Bill Cushing reminded me uh, that you were having the event tonight. So here I am. Yes. <laughs> well, he's on the air as well, so he's on the line. Oh, good, so. good. Yeah, because it's, it's a lot earlier where he is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Do you like to share something? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna bring something. I actually have my new book here. Um, let me see which which one I want to read. Um, I wish I could remember the. I I think I've read some some poems from it. Um, for you, but I can't. Oh, hey. This is this is one I haven't read. It's called Seven of Stars. Seven of Stars. I do not seek death. Lovers do not call out to me as I wander through the city where the flute and fiddle trickle down steep steps. No one here holds the tarot card I seek. On this card, yellow globes blossom. On lettuce green trees, the barefoot man, blonde hair curling down a coarse neck, hears at this fruit, too sweet lemon, somehow growing so far north that herbs weaken. 
Tomatoes are evil, and sunlight washes bitter yellow ink over a paper sky. The fool ignores me. The magician, concerned with his cloak, withdraws. I must leave the walled city for trees with fruit, music from automobiles. Witches have always lived here, but without magic or money, without the seven of stars, I cannot. Wow. Very nice, Marianne. Oh, thank you. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Do you have another four? Oh, sure. Uh, Actually, um, let me me read something new so I can give it a try. Okay. Yeah, actually, do you mind if Ethan reads? Do you have time to... Can you get some? Well, no, yes, I think he can read. Take, he, oh, he says not yet. I ha, I have to get something okay. to read. Okay, it's going to take me a sec. All right. All right. As we're waiting, I am so pleased that we're here tonight. These last three years have been, it's been a lot. (laughs) But uh, this has been one of the most fulfilling experiences that I've ever had. Talking to people, interviewing people, finding out about their process. It's been incredible. Um, That's all I can say, it's been incredible. All right. Uh, Michael? Yes. Okay. Uh, I have a new poem. Um, All right. And it's about, I guess it's about one of these uh, quarantine dreams. Maskless in Dallas. My parents are riding a tour bus past mansions, universities, museums of the last old masters. They visit a historic home that is smaller and not quite as old as the ones we tour at home. My parents avoid downtown, Dealey Plaza, the crystal skyscrapers on postcards, the grassy knolls, the place where my mother says everything went wrong. Having overslept yet again, I wander the aisles of a Barnes and Noble that magically expands to an art gallery, a toy store, a supermarket, all without selling the book I want, nature writing set in the hill country, all that I will miss on the flight home. Without that book, I walk out to the shores of a man-made lake, large enough to be an ocean, with saltwater taffy and a cyclone at the end of the boardwalk. I walk past the crowds that clog this boardwalk, singing, spitting, smoking, drinking beer from red cups. I wake up gasping. Hey, thanks. I wake up gasping. Tell me about that last line. Well, um... I w- while I was having the dream, you know, the dream, actually, the dream was pretty obviously back in the 90s, either before or after I went to Purdue. 
And, you know, my mm-hmm. mother was still able to travel. My father was still able to travel. And yet, at one point in the dream, I was, re- you know, oh, my God, here I am in Dallas without a mask. I'm going to wind up getting COVID. I'm going to pass it on to my elderly parents. You know, we're all going to die. Uh, so, you know, I guess reality intruded into this, you know, nice little dream. Reality merging. Mm. I know, I know that you have a new book. Tell us about your new book. Okay. Uh, my new book is from Pony One Dog Press. Um, it is actually something a little different. It's a selected poems with some new poems. I think uh, the, the Seven of Stars, that's a, a new poem. It's, it hasn't been collected in any book whatsoever. And mm-hmm. you know, and actually, this is this is pretty good to have the selected poems because it turns out one of my uh, books has gone out of print because the publisher went out of business, and uh, the another book is online, which leaves only one one book in print. So now I have two. Now I I have a poetry on plein air, which is available at Pony One Dog Press. It's also available um, at uh, Amazon, if you want a signed copy, um, you, I guess uh, you know my email. email I, well, uh, you can you can email me. All right. Or they can email me, and I can give the yeah, information. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. All right. Well, thank you, Marianne. You're a fantastic friend of the program, and uh, I thank really you. appreciate you. All right. Great. Yeah, I appreciate it too. I wouldn't I wouldn't be here without you. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Let me All pass right. it on to Ethan. Well, we've got one more person, or two more people mm-hmm. ahead of Ethan. So I'd like to oh, bring those people okay. on first. All right. All right. All right. I already read two. I don't know if I'm gonna go there. All right, area code five one three. The first number is three. You're on the air. Congratulations, this is Mr. Romeo DiNazzi. Hello. Congratulations. Yes, can you hear me? Well, thank you. Would you like to share some of your work? Yes. Yes. This is Romeo DiNazzi. Um, oh, Romeo! I remember you from before. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Congratulations on your hundred episode. Thank you. I appreciate that. Indeed. Okay, I'll go ahead and share um, a piece. Um, the piece I'll share tonight is titled "Lost." I ask that you lend me your ear, so I can touch your mind, feel your heart, and enter to your soul. With my thoughts. When you feel you've lost your reason for enjoying life, when the one thing that made you smile is nowhere in sight, feeling lower than the lowest height, emotions got your mind thinking wrong, even though feelings feel so real and right, trapped in darkness. 
praying that the Lord send you back your light. Not tonight, but now. Expecting to go through life without my heart. How? That's not a question. Because I already know the answer. I want to be with you. But I feel the need to be even more true, which is I need to be with you. I breathe you. Call me partially blind because I only see you. When a man loves, he professes his love for his love, for her love. So that's what I'm here to do. I want to love you. Each and every second in the days of my life, I want to love you. More than a husband could love a wife. And if that's impossible, then I want to love you enough to give up my life. To give you life. So the truth is I would die for you. But this truth will never die. I live for you. That's one of the reasons I do what I do when I'm doing what I do when I do for you. I want to love you. That's the least you can expect me to do. I told you I want to love you. What else you expect me to do? I want to be all you need me to be. I'll study Shakespeare so I can properly sing and trench like how must I yearn to be with thee. I wish I knew the words that would bring back my joy to me. But I feel I'll be writing forever. That's my thoughts. That was very nice. Very, very nice. Very nice. Thank you, sir. Very deep. Do you have another? Um, I do, but I'm going to go ahead and fade in the back so that other people can get on the mic before the show okay. is over. All right, Okay, well, I can understand. Well, thank you. Well, let me ask you this question. Tell me a little bit about your process of writing. Well, um, I only write when I feel it. When I, when I, okay. when I'm inspired. I'm, I, I'm not. A, I've been told people, you know, write every day at least twenty minutes a day. One of my poetic sisters, one of my poetic brothers, told me that. But I can only write when I. Um, when I have something to write, I don't like to force it. So I might go eight, nine months without writing anything. And it just comes to you. Yeah, you know, um as 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 most folks, you take inspiration from, from just life. Um good, bad, ugly and beautiful. Mhm. It's true. But I'm a foodie so I try well, to I incorporate thank you. my food into poetry as well. Oh, that's right. You're, You're a cook. Yeah. A chef. Indeed, indeed. Yes. I remember that. I remember that. I remember <laughs> that piece that you read to right. us. <laughs> yeah, holiday seeds, yeah. Yes, I remember that. Well, what I'd like you to do is hang around and to be able to share another piece, indeed. and I'll call on someone else. All right? All right. Blessings. Thank you, sir. Area code 301, the first number is six. You're on the air. Michael, how's it going? This is Lewis. Hello, Lewis. How are you, sir? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. Everyone, everyone listening, Lewis Furman 
was my very first guest three years ago. He was the very first person that I asked to be on this show. And I am so glad that he's back with us tonight to share another piece of his work. I want to thank you, Lewis, for believing in me enough to say yes all that all those years ago. So I'll you'll always be I'll always be indebted to you. Of course, and likewise, and likewise. Uh I've told you this multiple times, but you are definitely one of uh my favorite poets and just people in general. You're uh you're a great dude and I appreciate um it was like I said to be asked to uh help you start up that first show. Um and it's an honor to be back here again tonight. So definitely appreciate you, man. Well fantastic. Fantastic. Please share a poem, Lewis. Sure. Um all right. Uh let me um do this one uh all right. This is called American Pie. <clears throat> My flow is in the pocket like Tabby Benet. I'm riding like Cabriolet. I drop the top back to let the sun in. Wait, those rhymes were supposed to start a flow case of braggadocia. But then I remembered that Stefan Clark just got shot in his grandma's backyard. A rack of time and while an arm. But five a wildin' as they so often are. And we are so off on our utilization of our energies. Letting our attention get misdirected with these. And what's the democracy if the citizens ain't participating? Nothing, it's non-existent, and in this richest nation in world history, there were still millions of people with barely a pot to piss in or wanted to throw it out of. As they say, onlookers look at this like, hey, the chips fall out as they may. If they ain't pulling themselves up by the bootstraps and let them eat cake, it's their decisions that led to their position anyway, so to hell with them. Either that or the jail with them. Hard, uh, mm. Sorry, hard labor is the only thing we need their kind to contribute. Let's volunteer them as tribute and criminalize their existence as extensively as we can, then trivialize their condition. Betrayal in the media be mainly demeaning, so then after seeing derision of the lenses through which they're seen, and then watch as this social sabotage oppresses their economics. Lock them in this noxious cycle, keep the key in pocket, because if they're focused on the struggle, scrambling for food and shelter, there's no time to pay attention to the political to the political spectrum and get active. Got to keep them distracted. We like the way things are stacked. We can't have them challenging our status quo. No. And so if they do make it out the gutter, bread and circuses like a mother, keep them entertained, even let them obtain some comfort so they got something to lose when they're thinking they got our number. Tell them if they're feeling froggy, they could go ahead and leave. And if they don't like the way things are, they could go ahead and leave. Otherwise, sit down, pick a show to binge and shut the hell up. We let y'all a little slice. Others still getting breadcrumbs. Be grateful. Or would you rather be strange fruit strung up high by an American flag hang loose, swinging from a liberty tree, an ominous ornament, a warning to not conformist, thinking it's worth it to war with us? Choices, choices, yeah. These were the choices presented to us. The intent behind them all to leave us noiseless or voiceless, unless we stay in the realm of acceptable discourse where we can where we can debate our society's symptoms and not the disease at its core. 
Hence the discord. See, what we've been going through is just par for this course, yeah. And y'all can say this ain't normal, but it really should have been expected. The less surprising this all is, the more you've been the less surprising this all is, the more you've been paying attention. But we haven't, have we, family? Well, there's no time like the present, and there's no time but the present. Man, if you look around, you'll see that there's nobody else here to save us. We're our own and only saviors. When injustice is the order, y'all, we must then be the chaos. That's to say the soil through which new life springs forth. Even Jesus said he brings swords and not peace as recourse when fighting holy wars where the goals to empower souls to save themselves each one teach one to all escape from their hellish cell whatever form this prison takes prison break from an in, uh, as an individual and as a collective freedom may won by election it's realized through initiative where is lincoln in history without abolitionist uh man <laughs> where is lincoln in history without abolitionists uh, oh man, when, what's the perceived humanity of LGBTQ folks if the Stonewall riots didn't manifest their distress? Gotta call out oppression, manifest our dissent. We are watching the chorus of manufactured consent. I ain't saying it's easy. Little we're doing is, but we gotta think of the world that we wanna hand to our kids. Ask ourselves, am I the living example that we need? that they need, fighting to make the world a better place before I leave. Do I embody the values that I want to see in them? Do I want metamorphosize those values into deeds? Full circle back to our energy and how we utilize it. I'm feeling this common sense that we're near an event horizon, yet we're living our lives as if nothing needs to be done when in reality a radical change is what is incumbent upon us. That's why there's people in the streets screaming, there's just too many bad apples in this American pie and we are all sick from eating it. Need to change the ingredients, gotta get in Stay active, but the rest of people keep repeating it's a matter of who you want chefing up in the kitchen. Will you be in on the cooking or just sitting back bitching, hoping and wishing someone will come ask what your favorite dish is, listen to your description and fix it up with precision? Well, folks are done. Folks are suffocating, holding their breath, waiting on salvation. It's a tragic misapplication of patience, and patience is vital, and life is true, but then so too is moderation. If you ain't feeling the music, how long you waiting to change the station? Marinate on that. Masticated. We gotta get our egos to chill all the masturbation Cause it's making us blind to the realities we're facing And we're stealing the time away from future generations As a result, and not pathetic, except at best And at worst, terricidal embezzlement See, there comes a time where ignorance just turns into neglect And then at some point that neglect just equates to intent So I call on all of y'all, recalibrate your moral compass So that we can navigate a path toward reformative justice on a global scale May we shed our distractions And remember our ideals mean nothing without our actions Lewis, you're amazing And everyone who's listening Lewis doesn't write anything down. It's all in memory. All of his pieces yeah. are from memory. It's like a catalog in his head of pieces. So that's what struck me when I first heard him two years ago. Longer than that, actually. Yeah, I think the first time we met was um, uh, four or five years ago by now. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I agree. I agree. Well, do you have time for one more? Uh, sure, sure. If uh, your your program's not gonna like hard cut off at nine, is it? No. Okay, good. I know some 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 uh, some programs the system just kind of shuts down. So, you know, my pieces are more than like two two three minutes. So, <laughs> um, I just right, want to make sure. Right, right, right. 
Right. Um, well, that's something for me to think about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, uh, you know, I don't. I'm gonna share the one uh, that I'm working on right now, just because it's the only one I've been practicing, and uh, I don't. If I had been practicing, I wouldn't have stumbled so much on the last one. So. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, this one I does not have a title yet. Uh, it is. Uh, I've been writing it for the past couple months. Um, so I'm gonna try and find an appropriate way to appropriate place to cut it off. Um, it goes a little something like this. It's 2020, year of the Rona, peep the masks, wearing masks, and racism still killing blacks, man, it's wild. I sit my flask and hit my black and mild, just to calm me down when this world gets me heated and riled up. Toxic mechanisms for coping with the toxic system. Why swear we're all just walking conversations and disseminated, but contraceptives so this perception of what new life comes with new perceptions and seasons change or... So they say, but it seems that it's open season on some of us every day. And those that employ less season, it seems to enjoy our flavor, but they ain't seeing a reason to keep the machine from slaying us. So that, that which we keep serving up to them like we're their waiter, the waiter, their sins, hurting the pops, like we're raw black messiahs, and they got something for that, right? If you know, go and tell, bro. And if you don't, we got this black light. Let's illuminate the evidence lingering from the crimes against our black lives. And if that sparks your fire, you've been baptized. Now it's time to act, right? Inaction's your past life. Solidarity's your present. The struggle's eternal. Better recognize and we recognize. Can be weaponized to recognize lies and get to recognize. We can be a wrecking ball demolishing. Demolish conglomerates and eviscerating evil letters. A vicious spitting in a rap position. The black condition and activism, which is ammunition for abolition missions, attacking systems. There's apparitions possessing governmental positions. This house is haunted. We picking exits or ex- exorcisms, or just more submission to sadistic intentions, which privileged witnesses dismiss with a complicit indifference. Or maybe those are Mr. Willis to our Haley Joel, trying to grasp our affliction like it's not what we told. And for their lack of attention, they do not see their role until upon reflection, some revelation shakes up their soul. Well, I hope that that epiphany is traumatizing, because if it don't stay on your mind, you'll just fall back in line with the status quo where movements are only moments of low emotional composure causing commotion. Now, come on, come on, let's move this emotion and move beyond these constructs that cause the social corrosion towards some more cohesion. Unless that isn't your goal, if it isn't, just let us know. We'll be happy to mind our own business. Just leave us alone because your ancient just stole us. Still today, your patrollers come to fill these slavery quotas. Still, they brutalize us. Still, they terrorize us. And all that rises along with colonizers, gentrifying. Listen, y'all, America has never been monolithic and it's always contradicted it's mythical moral ethic so when i hear it said that we've never been more divided i reply with a reminder we've never been more connected i'm gonna cut it off there for today all right thank you lewis what i'd like to do is to offer you a gift oh sweet (laughs) (laughs) it's a book by one of my colleagues he's on the air actually his name is Bill Cushing, and the title of the book, awesome. poetry book, is A Former Life. And because I have your information, let me bring Bill on. Okay. I appreciate it. Definitely. Oh, I'm here, Michael. Okay, Bill, you're on the air. 
the person who will receive a copy of your book okay, is on the air as well. I just wanted him to say hello yeah, to you. Yeah, good to hear you, Lewis. That was fun stuff. I'm, oh, I'm a little more restrained than you are, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm older and more tired, so. <laughs> Anyhow, well, pleasure to send this along to you. And if you'd like any special dedication, uh, you can just let Michael know, or you can, if, if you want to just contact me directly, we can do it that way, too. I mean, you can just sign it. That's All great. right. Right, well, great. And, Lewis, I'll get your information and send it on to Bill. Sure, sounds good. Thanks uh, Thanks a lot, Bill. I appreciate it. And, Michael. All right. Well, have a great evening. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right, good people. All right, thanks, Michael. Yes, sir. I'm going to bring everybody in. If anyone, right. I know that uh, I said hang around, but I don't want to keep you all night. If anyone has a poem that they'd like to share, please do so. Oh, let me give you Ethan, okay? Okay. Oh, hi, Michael. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you, Ethan. Luckily, my wife promotes me. So, <laughs> yes, she does. She does yeah. a great job, too. That's true. Otherwise, no one would ever have listened to me at all, probably. <laughs> okay. This is a lot different from the last. Uh, I don't remember. I can't even memorize, like, two words. My memory is very poor. <laughs> I, know. Yeah, I have to read incredible. everything. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, this is Are We Poems? The story is writing you. You are not writing the story. The poem is your life. Your life is not a poem. Your life is many poems. Perhaps an epic of a wily adventurer. Perhaps a sonnet of a doomed love affair. A sun quickly setting. Perhaps a poet is writing this. Perhaps a failed comic is stuttering it on a grand stage as tomatoes rain down. This poem is not being written. This poem is writing the world. This, this world is only stories. This world is only dreams. An intricate bouquet of milkweed, chicory, spear thistles that words strain to capture, flickering ghosts on a video screen. Without writers, there is no world. Without a world, no writers. This world is flitting, ephemeral, always on the edge of vanishing. This world is eternal. It will outlive us all, all of us who create it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you write every day? No. You're I'm not writing too much these days. I was going through periods when, when I wrote a lot, but uh, on and off, but it's more off these days. All right. Marianne, I well, thank you, Ethan. Marianne writes every day. Marianne writes every day. writes every minute, not just every day. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, All thank right. you, well, Ethan. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for All right. 100, 100 Michael, episodes. Um, 
Yes, 100 episodes. Well, good wow, people. Congratulations. Because I don't want to keep you all night long, because I would, does anyone have a final comment? <laughs> uh, Michael, can you hear me okay? Big, big time. Yeah. I can hear you, Bill. Let's start with Bill. I was going to, uh, there was a woman on earlier who was uh, talking about writing workshops and such. And if I could, I'll plug something that uh, I started on Facebook. I don't know if I invited you on. Mary Ann's on there. But we've really only got three people active. It's a uh, Facebook page where people can post work and get feedback uh, where we critique each other. Hmm. And all that, it's been very helpful. You know, I, I I got some really good, useful comments um, about, you know, especially about the poem about... Yeah, the there's people. only two of us really active. There's only three of us really active. But but if anybody's on Facebook, it's called Poetry Writers Unanonymous. So it's hmm. U-N-A-N-O. Poetry A-N-O Writers and, Unanonymous. You know, so it's not Poetry... Poetry Writers Unanonymous. And I set it up as a private group, but anybody who logs on, I'll I'll let them in. And I would like to get more feedback myself anyway, and uh, I'm always welcome. You know, I'm always willing to look at other people's work. All right. Well, thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anybody yeah. else, any final comments? Yes. Uh, this is Linda. I know yes. you. I know you like. Linda. To, I know you like to go out with a bang, and I know you like a good laugh. This is short but sweet. It's called Eric, and then I will hang up. In high school, we were friends. In college, one of three roommates for six months. One of my favorite New Year's Eve celebrations was spent with him until the early morning hours, right before midnight. Right before midnight, we went into a brightly lit liquor store and bought two pints of vodka for fifty cents a bottle. One peppermint, the second grape. He dropped out and went to hairdresser school where he styled wigs that then set atop styrofoam heads, and I would drive him to the school with his, quote, homework. Windows of the car rolled up against the blasting Texas winds, bouffants in place. Later, he went to law school, and I wonder if he only takes cases that involve suing people who give bad haircuts. <laughs> Michael, Leave I it to you, Linda. I have a final goodbye. All right. Um, so this is Elaine, and I just have a final poem that's really short, and I think it's a perfect good night. It's just like uh, Linda, it's a nice little goodbye. <laughs> and so mine's All called right. Mango Moon. Oh, and thank you so much again for having me. I really appreciate it. And happy 100. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank mine's you. called Mango Moon. <laughs> Okay, Mango Moon. Long day melds with an August sunset, like seas on a still night. Immovable, slow breath, relax and release from the day's journey. Heels hug sandy shores, anchored hearts wave, now secure to drift. To indulge in the offering, pineapple juice drips from coconut cocktails, and Mango Moon drops from a string in the black sky, bidding good night. Mm. Bidding good night. Wow. Anybody else before we go? (laughs) Anyone? If you need to to hang up, you know, please do so. I'm not. 
All right. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this is uh, one of my early ones and still one of my favorites. And I've always said if there's such a thing as reincarnation, I want to put on a request. It's called Pelicans. Slowly circling, the pelican drops like a stone into water. Then climbing the air, he stops and with a single motion of wings glides on the wind. And with that, I will exit. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. We're having me celebrate my 100th episode. This has been beautiful. Yay. All right. Good night, everybody. Good all right. Bye. Congrats. Good night, good night Michael. All, all right. All right. You have just listened to the quintessential listening poetry online radio podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.